0: Hello, and welcome to Carried Away. I'm your host, Carrie Murray. As the founder of The Bra Network, the Business Relationship Alliance, I have met some of the most inspiring women working as entrepreneurs, freelancers, founders, executives, and creatives, and I want to share their stories with you. So let's get Carried Away. Hey, joining me today is fashion designer, Julie Habelman. Now she's a former marketer, turned expat, turned intercultural consultant, and she's a heart health advocate. She founded the very first travel earth and heart friendly resort world brand, and I look gorgeous in it. So let's get carried away. Hi, Julie. (laughs) I'm so excited to be getting carried away with you today and being my guest um, on Get Carried Away. Um, Julie is a bra member um based out of Orange County. Uh, she has an amazing fashion line called Noble Sands. Uh, it's an, an innovative strand wrap, which if you haven't seen yet, you need to go to her website because it's one of the most creative like resort wear dresses, skirts, shirts, wraps, cover-ups. It does so many things. Um, it's for anybody's <laughs> size, shape, it doesn't matter. Um, it's just any woman who wants to just look lovely on the beach. So I'm so happy to have you here, Julie. Welcome.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Um, and I'm very impressed with your strand wrap description too. <laughs> oh, did I do okay? <laughs> That's
0: great. That's great. So I'm dying to know if I were to ask Julie at the age of 10, would she have said she wanted to be a clothing designer, a, a come up with resort wear line? What would she have said if I asked her at 10 years old?
1: Um, so I grew up on a farm in Southern Arkansas, um, and I was an entertainment (laughs) partner of one. So I was very creative. Um, I was fascinated with everything outdoors and, um, had lots of land around me and lots of nature around me. And I was obsessed with national geographic, national geographic magazine. So, um, I just knew that I wanted to see the world. I, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew that there was a lot for me to see and do. Um, but I was influenced by fashion because, Um, Both of my grandmothers uh, made a lot of their own clothes and really beautiful clothes. Um, And so my mom learned that. And I um, made my first dress when I was 12. Um, And I still I wish I still had it. I still remember the exact pattern on the fabric and the buttons. And I just I was so proud of it. Um, But I was also um, born with parents that were like, okay, you're going to do this, this, or this. That is the definition of success. And so I was a little bit discouraged from doing anything creative, although... Um, it just never went away. So
0: (laughs) as is the case, right? Uh, The farther your parents try to pull you away from what's driving you, especially creativity, the closer you want to run to it. Um, I love that. I probably learned to sew when I was in sixth grade. So that's like 11 years old. And I took a sewing class. One of the first things I sewed was an apron and I was hooked. I loved sewing. I loved just like putting it together. And and so I loved it. What I was horrible at was cutting. Yeah. I, you know how they say measure twice, cut once. I was just like, I'm just going to cut it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> hot mess, hot yeah, mess. Yeah. I <laughs> had all
1: kinds of, um, you know, before I did my dress, I made numerous pillows of random shapes and sizes, like learning to sew in zippers and things like that. So Yeah we, we sewed a lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And I love that it's influenced by your grandmothers. That's so great. And then what, you also mentioned that you traveled a lot. Like you went to like 10, what was it that you said? Like you went to so many different places in a short amount of time. Tell Um, me about that. When you left the farm, you were like, I'm leaving the farm.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I um, I have moved, um, six times in 11 years um that's that's while i was married and um yeah i've traveled to 17 countries um wow i've lived in besides you, the us i've lived in switzerland and i've lived in germany um and that was pretty recent um and yeah so i i was always just curious and and then that's just where my my life took me <laughs> I was also kind of intrigued by travel too because um, my my mom's parents came from Italy and so um, I, I I always wanted to learn more about that you know and so yeah
0: yeah and you said you love it's nona how do you say grandmother
1: um well usually people say noni or nona but um, down in the South, we called my mama. All. <laughs> oh,
0: I love that. I love that. So during this time, when at, at one point in your, you know, you're past 10, you're out in the farm, you know, doing the farm things and you're like, forget it. I'm going to embrace my creativity. When did you start developing Noble Sands as well, this
1: passion? I, I did many, many things before I came to fashion. So tell us, I, yeah. So um, the, the the majority of my career was spent in sales and marketing, primarily within the tech sector. Um, I specifically remember the lunch and learn in nineteen ninety something, um, <laughs> where we were introduced to the World Wide Web. <laughs> so I would say, not only am I a, a, a digital native i'm like a digital dinosaur but um so i spent a long time in technology um until i made it through three rounds of layoffs out here in southern california um, after the first dot-com crash and uh, then i um went back to i was living in texas before that so i went back to texas Worked for a publishing company and was the marketing director for there for a while. Um, and then when um, I moved abroad, I at 40, I started language school to learn German and just thought, oh, it'll be easy. There's so many American companies over here. I'll just, as soon as I learn German, I'll just get a job really quick in the tech industry. Not the case. Um, <laughs> It was really difficult. Um, so I, the four years I was abroad, I was looking for a job the entire time, various different things. But also, in the same time, I really started to kind of come back to the creative side of myself. I started writing again. I started just becoming really curious about the, the creative things that I'd always enjoyed in the past And, um, so I was on vacation, um, in beautiful Sardinia one year, and I just was so inspired by just how effortlessly chic the Italian women were just so Ah. confident on the beach. It didn't matter what size they were, Mm -hmm. what they looked like, topless or not, you know, like. Yeah. They're just, you know, living what the sweet you wear. life. Yeah, and it's
0: what you wear at the beach, right? Like I remember when I went to Italy and we were at Lake Como and I was like so nervous because I was like, oh, I'm not going to look good and anything like that. And then when I got there, I was like, they don't care what size they are, how old they are, no. what if they're disciplining their children. I saw this woman telling her son to do something he wasn't supposed to be doing, completely topless. I was like... <laughs> this is what you wear to the beach. This is just what they understood is what you wear. Yeah. Um, we're here. We're so closeted. And so like, oh no, I can't be wearing this. They don't care. And I, man, I I totally feel you in. And just, it's such an endearing way to look at, you know, clothing also, but your body is just like, we all want to go to the beach. This is what you wear. I yeah, love and, that. And,
1: and what I noticed was they still all looked really stylish. And I was yeah. like, that's amazing. You know? And so, and, and when, when I thought about being a, at the beach here, you know, a lot of times you see, you see a caftan, you see a maxi dress, you, yeah. you you see a muumuu, not that I have anything against these things, but I'm just like, eh, it's not so interesting, you know? Yeah. And so I literally was sitting on the beach and had um, a journal with me and I, And I, that's one reason why I thought I could never go into fashion because I can't draw. (laughs) So, but I'm like making my efforts. I was like trying to sketch this thing out. And, um, you know, you see these guys like selling uh, little pareos on the beach or whatever. And I just kind of started thinking about that. And when I, um, I was living in Hamburg, Germany at the time. And so when I got home, I went to a fabric store and I, found this really gorgeous piece of scrap fabric and it just felt really good. And so, uh, long story short, I put it on my dining room table just kind of literally pulled out my measuring tape and was like, let me try this and let me try that. And lo and behold, I unknowingly created the prototype of the strand wrap made it just for me. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of cute. And then, um, in Northern Germany, you don't have a lot of opportunities to wear resort wear. <laughs> so um, when I moved back to the States, I was living down on the Gulf Coast um, in Southern Alabama, and we were going to the beach all the time. And um, I'd gone to a wedding in Mexico, and people just kept making comments. And they're like, oh, where'd you buy that? Where'd you buy that? And I'm like, I made it myself. <laughs> and um, a friend of mine who owns a boutique in Long Beach Um, shout out to Twig and Willow. Um, um, She was like, you need to sell those. And I was like, huh, maybe I do. (laughs) So um, then we we moved to Newport Beach um, a few years ago. And so in November of 2018 was when I the, the, the website went live. Um, so 2019 was technically my first year, but then, uh, um, I somehow became a general contractor cause we remodeled a house from top to bottom and I wow. managed the whole thing. So I was like, I kind of missed 2019 season. So 2020, I was just pumped, ready to go. That was going to be my year. And Um, shortly after a fabulous new year's in Tulum, we came back and, uh, in January, 2009, 2020, I had a heart attack. And so that just kind of shifted everything in my life, you know, business, personal and everything else. So, yeah.
0: So let's back up a little bit. Uh, Cause that was a great nugget you just dropped. Um, so you you've decided you've getting a lot of compliments on the strand wrap on what you're wearing. People are excited about it. You're like, Oh, okay. I can make this. Had you ever explored entrepreneurship prior to this, to building the
1: strand wrap? I, I have written several business plans, but I have nothing had ever come into fruition. And okay. so this is my first official um, endeavor into entrepreneurship. Yeah. Love that. Love that. So you're ready. You take a break to build a house, which is
0: if anybody's ever had to remodel or build from like stud to roof, that is a full-time job. Um, that is no joke. The house is done. You're ready to go. January 2020 comes. And not only is this year going to be a shit show, you're hit with a heart attack. Tell me about What can we, I guess, if we put a pause on entrepreneurship, what do your doctors or what advice or what would you say led to this event happening? Is there anything that you could say like this triggered this, or was it completely out of nowhere?
1: It came completely out of nowhere. As far as I knew. Yeah. What I've since learned is just how much our bodies are in control. I had my first chest pains when I was 36 years old and um so I'm I'm about to be 50 so that was several years back and um you know I I'd gone to the doctor then I was about to get married I was about to be moving you know and the doctor said uh you're just, you're just, you've got a little bit of high blood pressure or you're just stressed out, you know, put me mm-hmm. on blood pressure. Medicine. Didn't think anything of it. Then the next time, uh, I was 40, we were living in Switzerland. Um, and I woke up in the middle of the night, piercing chest pain fortunately lived right next door to a hospital. And, um, you know, they, they did an EKG and, um, it looked normal. I go to the doctor next day. You're just stressed out. You're Mm -hmm. learning a new language. You're learning a new culture. It's just a stressful time. Here's some blood pressure medicine. Took that for another little while. Mm -hmm. And then, um, When I moved out back out here a few years ago, three years ago, I I was having some chest pains again. And, you know, again, EKG didn't show anything. Um, so I was told, you know, you're just, you're just having anxiety, panic attacks, this, Mm, that, and the other. Sure. So, but this was different. Um, I was sitting on my sofa and Um, I had a really odd pain in my shoulder blades, between my shoulder blades. It was just like this really deep, achy pain, like nothing I never really felt before. But then I, I I thought, okay, well, I've been going to Pilates a lot. This is just really, you know, I've just worked out a lot. Sore, right. Yeah. Um, and then, um, about two minutes after that, I felt, a really, really sharp pain in my chest. And I thought, I think something's wrong. Mm. And I Googled heart attack symptoms and it said that. And then I started feeling a pain in my jaw oh, and yeah. I knew that there was really something wrong. So within 90 minutes, I was in an emergency care uh, they immediately called an ambulance uh, because I was then becoming short of breath. Uh, the ambulance had to find a hospital that had a cath lab for cardiology. And there was a team of doctors waiting when I got there. So I knew it was serious. Oh and boy. Within a couple minutes, they, they rushed me and the whole thing like you you would see on TV that tore my clothes off. And, um, it was like someone just took a black screen and just went over my face and, um, and they had to revive me once in the ER. And then I went to the OR and they had to revive me again there. And then I woke up um, less than two hours later in intensive care and two stents in my heart. And I had Gosh. suffered a cardiac arrest due to a condition called SCAD, which is Spontaneous Coronary Artery Dissection. So sure. this this occurs 90% in women between the ages of 30 and 50, which is basically everyone we know. Everyone. You know yeah. like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, what's really odd about it is that t- typically a heart attack is caused by like some sort of buildup in your arteries, like plaque, and in, in that can come from a multitude multitude of different things, like not exercising, what we Diet, eat, yeah. things that you can control. Scad, on the other hand, is caused by the interior wall of an artery tearing away, and so depending on how large the tear is and this is what happened in my case the 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 interior wall of the artery basically like flapped over like a gate and completely stopped the blood flow to my heart and that is tricky and that's why you know there's not a lot there's it's only been being researched for about 10 years oh, and wow. um, so a lot of times unfortunately women don't survive because yeah. it, it, it goes undiagnosed, undiagnosed, misdiagnosed. You're, if it's not like a major tear, like what mine is, they don't do surgery. It's like medically treated and it's just hard to know. So yeah, that's, that's how my 2020 started. <laughs> is it, is it hereditary at all? No, that, it's not. Mm. And they don't think so. Um, I mean, again, it, there's just so much they don't know about it. But what they do know is that it is linked to emotional distress. Mm. It is linked to high stress. It is linked to hormones. And so on the younger end, end of that age range, 30 to 50, they it is the number one cause of heart attack. Po- around pregnancy. Yeah. And the number one cause of heart attack around menopause. Menopause. Wow.
0: This is fascinating. Um, so you were saying that they're just starting doing a lot of a research into this. Uh, it's Is it because there aren't many survivors and they, they can't put a lot of research behind it? What do you think is the reason why we haven't been able to really dive into what SCAD is caused by?
1: Um, So there's a few things. And I give so much credit to um, a heck of a survivor named Catherine Leon. Um, She is the founder of the SCAD Alliance, which is one of only two nonprofits in this country that are dedicated to doing research on SCAD. Wow. And Catherine founded the SCAD Alliance after she had a heart attack, after her second child, and she just knew something wasn't right. Gone mm-hmm. to the ER a few different times, and they were like, "Oh, you're just overwhelmed. You're a new mom." Mm. And long story short, she had a major heart attack and had to have bypass surgery because of it. Oh my god! And they still, no one could tell her what it was, and she just was relentless and started googling things, and you know this was, um, about 15 years ago. So there wasn't nearly as much information online as there is now. Sure. Um, and when she finally did find a cardiologist that would have a conversation with her about it, they told her it was a paragraph in a book, in a medical book in medical school.
0: Wow. So there's not a lot on this at all. No.
1: So what Catherine did was, um, she established, she got the attention of um, a cardiologist, fabulous cardiologist named Dr. Sharon Hayes at um, the Mayo Clinic. And um, they went to work on it. And so Dr. Hayes um, committed to researching SCAD. And so the Mayo Clinic has done a majority of what we know about. Um, SCAD now, but the SCAD Alliance itself, um, a few years back, they developed a third party registry and there's a team of doctors across the country now who are, I mean, these cardiologists are voluntarily, you know, researching SCAD and, and definitely will save lives. Um, and so, um, yeah, I'm really, really proud of them for what they've done. There's, there's um, SCAD research groups in other parts of the world too, and so that was the hope with the SCAD alliance being formed is that it would be a worldwide collaborative effort.
0: That was uh, actually my next question: Is this something? Does SCAD uh, occur more in American women? Um, does it? Do we? Do we, is there any research that it happens in? third world countries, or I'll be curious to know how this must affect other women in other places.
1: Yeah, it absolutely does. So the, so the Scott Alliance is working closely with, um, doctors in Canada, Australia, um, there's a coalition in Europe. Um, there's a few brilliant advocates, um, in Ireland specifically. Um, so yeah, there's, there's definitely, um, more collaboration going on uh, and, and continuously building. So, and the the thing about it is why is this not detected? Because there are huge disparities in healthcare, as you know, with many, many things, but is a huge one. It's the number one cause of death in women around the world. Bigger More, than
0: breast cancer, everyone. I hope you're listening to this.
1: Yeah, and nothing to take away from from breast cancer because that's actually you know um, an inspiration. Why and how and the marketing behind breast cancer and so much awareness that that's where women's heart health awareness needs to be. Yeah. So if anybody's out there listening, <laughs> you need to have put your allocate some dollars to something good. Saving women from heart death is good. Um, but you know, it's, it's, there's more deaths caused by, um, women's heart health causes more deaths than all cancers combined. It's crazy. Not, not just breast cancer. So it's,
0: it's, um, Yeah, it's, it's it's something we all need to be aware of. And it's something we don't talk about. We don't talk, we talk about breast cancer since we're teenagers, right. Or, or any types of cancers. Um, Mm -hmm. We don't really talk about heart health as much because I really feel like what we are conveyed information wise about our heart is diet and exercise. If you do those two things, your heart will be fine. Um, and clearly that's not the case. Um, there could be something underlining that could be affecting you that is you're unaware of.
1: Well, I think, um, you know, listening is a, is a huge, huge, uh, factor in all of
0: this. And so how do we listen to our bodies? How do we listen to our heart?
1: Uh, Yeah. So, so it's, and it's not just about our heart. It's about Everything And if anything has come out of this last year, it's that we need to listen more to, to our bodies, to our environment, to the people around us and, and, and just have a little more grace in general. Um, but, um, there is a book called the body keeps the score by a gentleman named. Um, Bessel van der Kolk. And basically it just talks about how everything from the time we are born affects, you know, affects everything that we, we do. We have to listen to our body. Our body is in control. And the, when you have those little feelings inside of you, like you should or should not be doing something like you should or should not be in this relationship. You should or should not, um, take this job or do that or eat this or whatever it is. You, we really have to take a minute and, and consider that our intuition tells us a lot. And, um, and I think for me personally, it's just been over the course of my life. Like I, I started seeing um, a therapist a month after my heart attack, and she specializes in medical trauma. And um, because (laughs) the week after I had my heart attack and I visited the the cardiologist that had done my surgery, I was just a mess. And I still, as you've witnessed on occasion, (laughs) have my days. Um, but I, I, I couldn't even speak. I was just in shock still, you know, and I, and I had been to therapy before and I, and I said, I, I think I need to go to therapy. And his response to me was, oh yeah, you for sure have PTSD. Oh. And he said it just like that. And I just <laughs> right. thought, what is wrong with you? <laughs> what? Um, he's like, well, you died twice. And I was like, Okay. Well, <laughs> so wow.
0: Oh, so he said it as if he's like, "Oh, and it's Tuesday."
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. And so, um, yeah. So when I went to my my therapist the first time, it was just like this light bulb went off, and I just it was like having a out of body experience. And I said, "I think I have been anxious my entire life." Like it just hit me like a ton of bricks that I'd never known a moment in my life that I was calm and not worried about what somebody else was thinking or expecting of me or, you know, in any and all relationships. And at that moment, I thought, well, I'm still here for a reason. And I'm not oh, going to yeah. waste any more time doing anything else other than what I need to do, what my body tells me to do. And that's it.
0: Yeah. And literally what your heart is telling you. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's so powerful, Julie, because so many women will just stay the, the course and swallow all the crap and all the shit. Um, and deal with all the anxiety and anxious and panickiness um and, and never get out of it. So you needed to have a heart attack to kind of shock you out of what you were going through. How would you say your recovery was once you kind of were like, okay, I'm here. How did you recover from that? What, what support did you need or what would you recommend for someone to seek if they were going through something like this.
1: I'm, I'm still recovering. Yeah. Um, it's PTSD is real.
0: Yeah. And we had this, this year of hell, right. This year of where you can't go to the doctor without a mask on and even going to the doctor is risky. Um, and then I think we're all suffering from PTSD as a result of 2020. So you now have Another layer on top of that—that's—that's um, that's a lot. How how do you get yourself to be where you are to put on this beautiful blue dress and to be here today? What would you recommend?
1: I, I, I mean, I I read a book last year um, called Maybe You Should Talk to Someone.
0: Yeah, and I've I've read it actually. It's yeah. a great book. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um. And and I, and I I I um read it before all of this happened, but. So therapy, number yeah. one, I mean, we should, and and like the author said, I, her name escapes me at the moment, but um, I listened to her on a podcast and she was saying, we should think of going to therapy as our mental gym, just like we go to the gym for our yeah. physical health.
0: Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs>
1: I think everybody should be in therapy there is not one single person on this planet that is not carrying trauma of some sort
0: 100 yeah. percent.
1: that's just a to fact. me therapy
0: is like church okay <laughs> yeah oh i'm going to church today like i don't go to a traditional church my church is my therapist
1: <laughs> yeah but i mean that's a big part of it but just i mean just really not ignoring the physical signs of things if you if you have a pain somewhere, if you, it's it's not nothing. Another thing I've learned too is that you have to advocate for yourself. Do not assume a doctor is going to ask you, tell you no. You know they have big jobs; they are responsible for a lot of things. But just like anything, I feel like they get lax in things too. So uh, for example, I have some statistics here. So, um, this, this, uh, women's heart health group was doing some surveys and they found that only 22% of PCPs, primary care physicians, and 42% of cardiologists, um, are extremely well prepared to diagnose a woman's cardiac risk. Wow. Wow. Less than 50% of cardiologists. Who went so, to school? And 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 so but the thing is, you know, like if they're not learning about if there's not more than a paragraph about SCAD in their medical book. Can, you can, I mean, you can't fault them necessarily, you know. Um is so, it primarily in women? Yes, the men's yeah. It is, so, they're seeing um cases in men as well, but 90% of the cases are in women. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that kind of answered your question why there's not a lot of research because it's exactly. women's health, right? It's women's health. You know, there's tons of research on men's health. When it comes well, to women's health, there's not a lot.
1: And, and specifically with, with, with the heart. Um, heart. So for example- all of the standards were set for middle aged white men. Sure. So when you go into the ER and they do, oh, we'll, we'll do an EKG. They put all the little things on there. You're doesn't fine. Tell, doesn't tell you anything <laughs> about SCAD, nothing. The way you can tell, the way you can tell if someone, is is having a cardiac event of some sort there's an enzyme called troponin you have to do a blood test for that oh wow if if um if you go to the er and you're having you know heart palpitations or you're having signs of a heart attack it may not show an ekg in fact i i've spoken to several women who've been sent home multiple times, they were having a heart attack. Wow.
0: But the EKG
1: did not show anything. So that's crazy. This is this is why things have to change. I mean yeah. and like um you know it it's gender, it's it's ethnicity, it's socioeconomic. I mean black women are fifty percent more likely to have some sort of cardiac disease by the time they're 20. Wow. Than, than anybody else. And what there's there's not research that's
0: behind that. Done. No, they're not they're not breaking in dollars to help 20 yeah. year old black women against heart disease. No. Nor is there education behind it. We never hear about this, you know, in school or in college, you know, in your health classes. We don't hear a lot about women suffering from heart disease or heart trauma or heart attacks, uh, it's usually old white men. That's what we picture, you know, yeah. that stereotypical. Um, it's so great that you're bringing, you're putting a spotlight on this. Um, it makes me think about my last blood pressure test. I was like, Oh, that was kind of high. <laughs> like, um, so tell us like, what, what can we as women do to advocate for ourselves to, to avoid this, to, to be like aware of this and to, advocate to our doctors like, hey, pay
1: attention. Yeah, I mean I would say um you know if you're there there there's some I'm I'm learning every day more and more about um different nonprofit groups that you know focus on particular um heart conditions and and some of them affect young kids some of them affect teenagers, some of them affect, you know, so, um, I, you know, I I would say just, just do some research, but then once you are going to like a gynecologist on a regular basis, which typically starts around 17, 18. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly think that it should become part of that annual exam. If it is the number one cause of death in women, why Why (laughs) we're getting mammograms why are we not getting a cardiac test of
0: Mm -hmm. some sort something it's such a good point
1: um so you know and and that's one thing like the the scout alliance in particular um they they go to different uh Cardiology conferences and different medical conferences, and literally put up a booth, and they're like, "Hello, we're SCAD. we you, you need to know about this." Yeah, and so it's it's really right now. It's a lot of grassroots. I mean, like obviously, the American Heart Association um, does a lot, but you you hear about the Go Red for Women campaign in February. That's it in Heart Month. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what there's people dying every second. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, and you could say that for a lot of things, but the point is, there's just so much more that needs to be done. Um, but, but to advocate for yourself, I mean, I, I did, I, when I went to my gynecologist this year, I said, can, can I ask you about, um, woman's heart health? And t- we had a conversation. She's like, you know, that's, that's really a good point. And I'm like, The thing is, it's just like most, most things, if you are not directly affected by something, it's difficult for you to be conscious about it. You know, I don't fault anybody for that, but it's, it's uh, when it's something like this, that is literally (laughs) the number one cause of death in women. It's kind of like, how? do more people not know or care about this? I just don't understand. <laughs> I don't get it
0: either because it wasn't until I met you when you told me all the statistics way back, we're talking like a year ago now, I think I've known you, that I was also like, huh, I've never been asked about my heart. I've never been asked. I've been asked, you know, do you have a history of heart attacks in your family? Things like that. But my gynecologist, my, my primary caregiver, other than listening to my heart, has never done anything like that they're very aware of my boobs yeah breast (laughs) cancer but like I'm I'm with you I'm like hey can we talk about what's happening underneath my my chest here yeah Um, it's and it's I'm so glad you're doing this because it creates so much awareness and even podcasts like this and other podcasts and interviews you'll be on will be able to shed more light to that I think that's really really important your advocacy now I know when you started to bring it back to noble sands yeah When you started Noble Sands, did you ever think that this was the path you were going to be on as an entrepreneur and business owner?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, so after my heart attack, I just, you know, like I said, I I really had to kind of reevaluate every aspect of my life and, um, you know, Obviously, being an entrepreneur and a one-woman show is not necessarily not stressful. Yeah, not yeah. conducive with being mellow. Yeah. yeah, and so then you know when we went into um, I was I started cardiac rehab like three weeks after my heart attack, and you know I was on the treadmill. Thinking about things, me and a bunch of seventy-year-olds, um, and um, like, come on, old man, let's go. <laughs> yeah, well, except that I'm the one like weeping and nervous, you know. <laughs> um, and uh, and I was really thinking about all these things, and then we went into lockdown, and I just thought, huh, and then. As like everyone, I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, I, I don't want to give up and I've got to do something. And I just have to compliment you right here because I could not have gotten through last year without bra. Oh, thank you so much. Really? I mean, because it's, it's hard enough to make, Connections and build a network when you're not in lockdown. But I, you know, I had just recently moved back out here. And so I didn't have a business network at all. And um, so, yeah, I mean, Bra basically helped me stay in business last year. And and I've met so many wonderful, amazing business owners and general humans. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, that really helped me. And I, I just, when I started my business, I, I did it with the intention of having a purpose to it. Because fashion is the number two contributor of putting filth into the world Waste. behind oil and gas. So I thought, wow, I did um, not know that. Is it really? Correct. Wow. Behind oil and gas, the fashion industry is the second most polluting industry in the world. So like fast fashion, that kind of like... Fashion mm-hmm. in general, but a lot of fast fashion. So, you know, when I started this, I thought... I really thought long and hard about it because um, I, I care care very much about the environment and, and what we're doing, and that all goes full circle to going up on a farm and yeah. being the des- descendant of farmers and caring about the planet and the land and what we're doing to it. And so um, I knew that I wanted to. Have be intentional and in what I was making, how I was making, making it, and that there had to be some sort of giving back component to it. I love Otherwise, that. it just doesn't make sense to me. I try to follow the triple bottom line methodology of business, which incorporates people, planet, and profit, and so, um, I, you know, initially I just thought, okay, I'm just going to give back to various organizations that, you know, need it. Sure. But then after, uh, my event, then I thought, I mean, I was just compelled to advocate when the more I started learning about it and how much we don't know, I was like, Oh, well, this is obvious. And, um, yeah, so I immediately reached out to the Scout Alliance, uh, womensheart.org. Um, and um, so I, I knew that that was going to be a part of the business model. So we donate a portion of all of our cells to Women's Heart Health Research um, in some capacity. So, yeah,
0: but also you, you realize you're doing it twice you're giving back to not only the SCAT Alliance and Women's Heart Health through the education of that, but you're also, the strand wrap is designed eco-friendly. It's completely, yes. even the, your packaging, like
1: all of it, you're doing two things at yes. the same time. Yeah, it's so pretty impressive. The environmental part of it, yes. That that was, so We we produce everything in Los Angeles. So we do not have, we do not incur any, type of carbon emissions from transport or logistics. It was very important for me to produce it locally because I want to support the the, the local economy um, yeah. and local businesses. My my fabric is made um in Carson. Um, it is made from um it's a reprieve fabric and that is made from um Uh, a recycled, um, synthetic fabric. And that in the sustainable word, sustainable fashion world is controversial within in itself because it is synthetic. However, it is recycled. So by using recycled, um, it is taking away a lot of the toxins that are produced when a fabric is created and it conserves like 20% of the water usage in producing it. Um, So there's a lot of things that you have to think about and a lot of people just don't. Um, So, you know, I wanted to also send the message of um, just educating people on, Overconsumption. I mean, we we overconsume in every sector. Oh, so true. But, uh, fashion again, really bad. So you, you want to talk about me getting carried away? Like I can go off on fast fashion, <laughs> and and I am not. I'm not gonna pontificate that as if I have never owned fast fashion, I still have Zara and H and M in my closet. I will never buy a piece again. Right. Same. Because now I know better. So I will do better. Yeah. And that's my hope for everybody because, and it's not just, um, although they are huge, huge, huge. Um, contributors in a bad way there's so many big popular brands that are not doing things right, either ethically or environmentally there's, I can give you lists of links of.
0: We're going to put them in the show notes. We'll definitely put them in the show notes for sure. Because yeah. I think people are like, well, I can get a tar- uh, target white t-shirt for five 99, or I can go here um, to all cotton and get it for you know, twenty two ninety nine, but they don't realize that that $23 t-shirt is going to last you longer than the $5 t-shirt that you got from Target. Like people don't see that it's an investment and it's okay if you only own two white t-shirts. Like you don't need 15. <laughs>
1: you don't. Yes. That's, that's absolutely right. I mean, that's, um, an easy thing that anybody can do is read the tag and ask questions. Read the tag in terms of what it's made out of, where it's made. Where it's made, yeah. And what the cost is. Because if you see anything that costs less than $20, you have to really question that. Yeah. Because um, I I have um, a graphic of breakdown of costs. I mean, it definitely, if it's being made overseas, people are living pennies per day. Mm -hmm. They're not being paid. Well, they're not being paid living wage at all. And so, you know, that's, that's an easy thing to do. And I think especially after last year too, I think people are starting to kind of recognize that too. They're like, Hmm, I mean, myself included, um, you look in your closet and you're like, I've worn one pair of pants every yep. year, you know?
0: How many and, pairs of black yoga pants does one person need?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, you know, when you, when you break it down that way, and, and I think, fashion is definitely headed more in the, this more responsible direction, but you, you just need basics. And and that's something that I was taught early on as well. I mean, I wore hand-me-downs, I had handmade clothes. I, uh, you know, I wasn't pleased about it at the time, you know, that but my mom just didn't, didn't buy me, anything and everything. And And we also didn't
0: have a target on every corner, right? Even in a small town in Arkansas, you probably had like one store, right? Now there's stores everywhere. You can't swing a handbag without like, oh, buy this t-shirt. You're at a movie, buy the t-shirt for the movie. You're at CVS, buy the t-shirt that says Los Angeles. Like the accessibility is, we're just so inundated with it wherever we go. A concert, a show or you know at any place a, a kids graduation it's like buy the t-shirt buy the t-shirt it's everywhere where when we were going up cuz we are women of the same age mm-hmm. we didn't have that we didn't have like a t-shirt for every graduation you know a birthday like it's it's very interesting how the accessibility now that it's opened up it's created this monster in the sense that we're just filling a landfill you're just putting these clothes over here and, and, you know, you, you know, Robin, Robin Reynolds, who's a, you know, um, home designer yeah. in the sense that she's a organizer. She told me that we wear 20% of our wardrobe, 80% of the time.
1: That's absolutely
0: right. 80%. I was blown away by that statistic.
1: And to your point about things going into landfill, d- 10 and a half million tons, million tons, of clothing go into the landfill every year. 50% of all clothing ends up in a landfill.
0: Oh my gosh, because it can't be, I mean, what are we going to do with it? You can't burn it. It's all well, plastic that, That's yeah. the
1: other part. 25% is incinerated. Think about that. Ugh. So, all these brands, when you go into basically, if you are not buying from a small brand, if you're not shopping in a boutique, these things are happening. I mean, yeah. There, I, I have heard stories of of um, brands like burning clothes in dumpsters in the alleys in New York. You know, like yeah. only ten percent is recycled and eight percent is reused. <sighs> Crazy
0: is that so crazy. not crazy? It's so crazy. It's just as crazy as the heart attack statistics.
1: It's so <laughs> I'm here to shock you today. Um, so, and, you know, and and I, I'm guilty of the same thing too. You know, we think we clean out our closet and we're like, oh, we'll just donate it. You know, and you're doing a good thing. We have very good intention. We have donated so much. We have consumed so much that now other countries where those clothes would be typically received and, and dispersed to people who need them. They are refusing it. They're like, we can't take any more.
0: We have enough. Yeah. Just like during the pandemic, all of the, you know, clothing donation centers, the, you know, Salvation Army, Goodwill, they stopped taking donations because they were getting too many Yeah, and they don't have the capacity for them. That's how much we're consuming. Whew! That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Well, not with the strand wrap.
1: Let's just put a plug <laughs> well, in there. So, <laughs> because it is um, um, recycled and the design is meant to be a, a wardrobe staple. So um, I, I typically say it can be worn 15 plus ways as a skirt, dress, top, cover up, set, an accessory like a scarf. Um, the fabric is so yummy. It is. Um, you would not even believe it. It's that it's recycled or, you know, cause it may, at first I at first oh, it's going to be crunchy, you know, I thought it was going to be rough. Like it was going to be
0: rough. To, it's not at all. It's silky smooth.
1: Yeah. It just feels so good. And, um, and so, you know, I was really inspired style wise by like, I'm a child of the seventies and I loved Halston and oh, yes, Diane von Foster first and oh, the wrap dress plate. Yes. I love things that are drapey and, and sexy and chic and just effortless, you know? So um, that is what the strand wrap is all about. And it comes in a beautiful um, organic cotton pouch So it is perfect for travel. Like I've, I've done some, some styling videos that are on Instagram and, and for a couple travel groups too, where, you know, basically you can put it in your carry on with a pair of flip flops, a swimsuit a pair of shorts and and a t-shirt and you're ready for, you know, you're good for a week or two.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's literally the size of like a five, five by eight envelope. Yeah. Like it's, a, it's the perfect size to just shoop, slap in there. I, I love this, Julie. This is so, so important. Tell us about how, um, someone can find the wrap. Let's hear about that. Where can we find this fabulous wrap?
1: Okay. So right now we're just a direct to consumer. So on our website at, um, noblesands.com and on Instagram, at Noble underscore Sands. Um, and so I I am hopeful to be doing some, um, several pop-ups this summer. So TBD, make sure you follow to find out. Um, and I also um, have done a couple really fun events, just private events, um, where we've like set it up as a girl's night and had a couple big mirrors. And I just- fun have styling sessions with everyone. And it's, it's a really fun way to get your friends together now that we can.
0: Yeah. I love that. That's a great idea. Get your cocktails together and strand up. Um, and also where can we find the scat Alliance? Remind us of their website or do you know their Instagram?
1: Um, it's scatalliance.org.
0: Okay. So Um, we're going to put all of this in the show notes. So if you're driving right now and listening to this, don't don't get in that. <laughs> it's in the show notes. That's that's so great. This you've provided us with so much information about heart health, environmental health, and great shopping. So I really appreciate that. <laughs> this has been like so much great nuggets of knowledge. Um, but I always like to wrap up with things that we get let's get carried away about. Um, you know, I met you right in the middle of the pandemic. Um, to I forget how we got introduced. Was it Hillary Hartling?
1: How did Um, you meet? So Lisa Upton from Accoutrements LA told me about bra and about Hillary. And then after I did my branding course with Hillary, um, I... Became a member of
0: Bra. I see. Okay, so it was a roundabout. <laughs> that's a great way. Bra members work together. We hire each other. Um, we're very incestuous. That's why. Okay, so that's right. I was trying to remember how we how we met. Um, you've it's you've been a great addition to Bra. One hundred percent. So really quick before we go, um, let's get carried away. About first during the pandemic, you're you're healing. You're going through PTSD. But what was something you did to keep yourself entertained? What were you watching movies, Netflix, listening to podcasts, reading? What, what did you keep yourself, your mind occupied in other than your business and your heart?
1: <laughs> well, I, um, one of my favorite podcasts, well, I, I took you walking with me a lot. Yay. Uh, <laughs> um, Cause I have to go walking every day. So I listened to lots of podcasts when I go walking. Um, I like, yours and I also listen to Christine O'Donnell oh hers is, also, is good too yeah yeah um I'm a big Tim Ferris fan have mm-hmm. been for a long time um another podcast I love is Smartless I would with- love Smartless oh my gosh it's yeah. so funny have you love listened it. to one with Tina Fey yet I don't think so. But I, I literally am like the crazy neighbor walking around there, just dying, laughing to myself.
0: (laughs) Okay. So we're not alone. So when they had, it was, um, Conan O'Brien, I had to stop because I was laughing so hard and the people walking next to me are like, what's, is she laughing at us? Guys, Smartless is the, it's so funny. It's I'm so glad I'm not alone with that. I love that Mm -hmm. podcast. They're so funny. (laughs)
1: And I never would have put the three of them together but they are so good. <laughs>
0: Especially how they're always like, okay, shout out to Wisconsin. Like they're always calling back to Sean Hayes's family in <laughs> Wisconsin. Um you guys have to listen to Smartlist. We're not going to tease it for you. But yes, you we're happy to be their promotional partner. You guys can start promoting the brand. <laughs> exactly. Well. I'm happy with that. I love that. I love Smartlist. That's so great. Now Let's say you could travel anywhere tomorrow, a plane, a jet arrives, says, Julie, where would you like to go? Where would you go? What gets you carried away about travel? You've traveled a lot.
1: I have. Um, but I would say just for sentimental value, since I was inspired to start the strand rep in Sardinia, I would be in a big fat in the middle of that beautiful Mediterranean. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh, love it. Love it with George and Amal Clooney. Love it, that's so great. And then of course, my last question is always the opposite. It's something that you can't stand that people get unbelievably carried away about. I, that Three things, two to three things if you have them. I know for me recently, I, I can't really wrap my head around um, flan, have you ever had flan? Like, I don't get the flan. I'm not into it. It's like rubbery. I can't do it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and it's one of those things, though, I think it depends on where and how, you know, the yeah. consistency is key. 100 um, Feels like but, uh, I have, I do not like zoos or water parks. I don't like zoos either. Nope. Um no, nope. those animals are not meant to be there. No. They're um not. we can learn about them in another way. Except we'll talk about it, that on my other podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, unless it's like some zoos like San Diego Zoo, you know. Th- there's there's some zoos that are okay, but um fashion-wise, since I'm going to stick with that here, um I cannot stand these grandpa sneakers, you know, the ones that have like a four big white ones. Yep. Chunky. And you know, like Fendi makes them and every, every level of fashion has a version of it. And they're just awful.
0: Awful. Don't like those. My, Um, my teenage daughter wants them. And I'm like, no, you're going to regret this.
1: She wants these
0: big, chunky white tennis shoes that weigh so much. And I'm like, no we're not they kind those. of
1: look like clown shoes they
0: do they look ridiculous and their yeah. feet are bigger than then she's only like four eleven. these big old mm-hmm. white shoes oh i feel you i don't like those either
1: and then oh well, since you were talking about flan uh, let me think of a food oysters oh, no mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm.
0: too salty they're just like really bright like seawater
1: I've I've had them. um, Well, living down in the south and on the Gulf Coast, there's a lot of oysters going on, and the only way I've ever had them are um, barbecued, like baked. You oh, know, okay, okay. But still, no, no, no. I'm I'm with
0: you. I'm <laughs> with you. I'm not into any, all three of those things. Check, check, check. I'm with you. <laughs> not into any of that. I would go Stay to a reserve. Slime. You know, but an animal reserve doesn't look like a zoo. You're not getting a balloon and popcorn. It's literally like, there are the animals.
1: (laughs) Well, and like, like SeaWorld, those kind of, no, 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 no,
0: no, not at all. No. Ever since I saw the movie Blackfish, I was forever changed when it came to animal parks, zoos. I, I have a newfound understanding. I just had no idea, no idea what was going on. And I was, was suspicious, but we didn't have that where I grew up in San Francisco. We didn't have really any of those, Um, but wow, crazy. Well, this has been so great, Julie. So many nuggets of knowledge, not only with fast fashion, with heart health for women. We're going to put all the links that we talked about in the show notes. Um, So much to research. Please, everyone, have your doctor check your heart. Be an advocate for yourself. Walk, exercise. If your body is clearly telling you, "Mm, you may not want that, listen to it, right? That's our ultimate goal here. Any, any final thoughts, your words of wisdom you would give to an entrepreneur or any woman out there who's kind of suspicious of their heart?
1: Well, for any entrepreneur, I would say you just got to go for it. Why not you? And for women and their heart, do not underestimate stress. Your body keeps the score and don't let it get to the point that I did.
0: No, thank you so much, Julie. This has been so, so great. So informative.
1: Um, Thank you. I
0: loved having you as a guest today. I could keep talking to you forever, but I'm sure we have to go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. Hey, thanks for joining me and getting carried away. I'm your host, Carrie Murray, founder of the Bra Network, Bra Business Relationship Alliance. We are a network of female entrepreneurs that lift and support each other If you're a female entrepreneur looking for community, collaboration, and all kinds of fun, head over to bra-network.com and check out our membership. Hope to see you there.